you know, he rides that B-list wave, I feel like. Yeah. Is B-list high? I mean, I feel like it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I like, okay, is he a B-list character? I feel like he may be C. I feel like he's okay. B. He's getting a show. He's a B-level character, I feel like. You can make Did that you say so. <laughs> We are back. Yes, we are. This is an exciting week for me. Yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready. How are you today? I'm doing great, Keenan. I'm doing great. It's uh, not as sunny out here as, as it normally is, um, oh. but... I'm doing all right, you know. Okay, that's good. Surviving. You know, How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Living this uh, pandemic life as normal, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully things start to change, but who knows with, who knows? <laughs> oh, no. We just going. Let's talk yeah. about these comics. <laughs> let's, let's get into it. <laughs> All right. So um, this was a nice little pack size week for, I know we both had some things that the other one doesn't read, I believe. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and start with um, Aquaman 64, which was, Ooh. uh, I know none of you are actually reading Aquaman, so it's like, what? Well, <laughs> kind of move on through this. That's hey, fine. you it's might you might role. be getting some people coming in. You never know. Uh, whatever. I'm not even. <laughs> Honestly, I don't mind anyone who does not want to read anything DC related right now. I Fair. truly can't be too upset about that. Um, but basically, this is uh, just a kind of action packed issue. We're ending the. We're getting towards the end of Kelly Sue's run. And Mara has just called for like the dissolution of the monarchies. And so okay. of course, everyone is having a huge issue with that. Orm is there, a couple of other people are there and they're just like, no. So they go to attack her. So it's Mara, Tula and Aquaman versus everybody. And Aquaman okay. even makes a nice little comment about it. He's saying, you know, you all are rulers. You're not leaders. If you were leaders, you would be okay giving up this throne to kind of give the power back to the people to make their decisions. And they get into a fight to be continued. It's good. Okay. It's so fun. how do you how are you feeling about the whole like political side of the 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 book? I love it. Um, it's, does it I'm feel like a bigger change for like for the whole like Atlantis? So I go I go a little back and forth sometimes because I think uh, a lot of Aquaman stories tend to get bogged down because we have to do so many of the throne stories. Like, will he take it? Atlantis hates him he's back on it, he's making them find ways to love him. And it's like, that's all they want to do. I think dissolving the monarchies is great, but I think it'll get to a place where Arthur will still be in charge in some form or fashion. So it's kind of like, whatever. Is it's like, yes, is it a huge change for the scope of Atlantis and what they can do with their stories? Absolutely. Is it a huge change for Arthur if he gets in a position of power to still be in charge in some way? Eh, not really. But still, it, this, the story is great. I think it's great because Mara is technically making this decision. Arthur's had plenty of time. To oh, do this, okay. And he, yeah, and he hasn't. Mara is the one who's like, and she's always been about tradition and keeping that in line. And now she's finally just like, this is stupid because at the end of the day, she really just wants to be with Aquaman. She just had the baby and she wants to settle down with him. Again, I think I said this last week, but they've never been married in DC continuity. 
They've just always been together. And yeah. they were about to get married, but then she had to be queen and they couldn't be together. And so now we're kind of gearing back towards the wedding. And I think it's just really great because that couple is one that I truly love in comics. You know how you always kind of talk about with Gene and Scott, how you wish writers would show them in their relationship? Yeah. That's all Mary and Arthur do. <laughs> because, like, like more than. <laughs> because again it is just like a constant like back and forth of like can they be together versus can't they they're always constantly trying to find ways to make it work and just talk about the things that are upsetting them and like getting back together and it's gotten to a point where it's like even if they go somewhere they know they're getting back together it's like so they are that's like yeah bay <laughs> they yeah. gonna be all right <laughs> It's just like you you can be gone for a couple months like i know you're gonna come back home <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> right. so it's like it doesn't even matter um so that's been that's know, been i really don't know good. scott and gene can say the same no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe now but then uh, it wasn't always the case yeah so i mean it's it's a really good run I, again i think it's a nice deep dive into arthur and mary their relationship and if you're into like the political stories Go for it. Aquaman is just a consistently good book. Again, I know none of you are going to read it. That's fine. Still going to talk about it. Maybe one day you will. Hey, you know, you might be getting some readers. Maybe people are being like, hey, that sounds interesting. Maybe I should get Aquaman <laughs> some try. And I mean, Kelly Sue is great. I like her. So she is really good. This is really good. And, you know, I was actually kind of uh, worried about when she was first announced, just because I've read things from her that I felt were okay, but I was never really blown away by. And she kind of came on talking about how she wanted to give Aquaman a little bit of that Jason Momoa swagger. Oh. And yeah, you know how. Does that mean? That. I don't even <laughs> care. <laughs> they gave him tattoos, basically. Okay. And yeah, but she's she has a really good grasp of his character. And I think the big thing about Arthur is always that he's a hero no matter what. Like, whether he had these powers or not, he just generally wants to help people. And okay. he wanted to take time with his wife. That's all. Or his soon to be I mean, wife. That's yeah. You can't blame him for that. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> he's just like, this is all I want. Like he he's yeah. like at the end of the day, he might be Atlantean, but Arthur is from like a small town. <laughs> 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 like that's fair. He, like he is from a small town, uh, raised by his dad in this lighthouse. You know, he's he's just like, I don't really care. He's like, he could be building houses somewhere as long as he got his girl and his baby with him. And that was that. All right, cool. I like that. Um, the next book on my list is Avengers 37. Did you read this? You're not reading I, Avengers, are you? I am not reading Avengers, no. I decided that I'm just not. I'm gonna probably <laughs> I'm probably gonna wait. I'll probably read it eventually just to give it maybe another full go, but it all just feels like a bunch of like like wannabe MCU's tryouts. So I was like, I'll just read this on Marvel Unlimited at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, damn. I think I do think the only good thing about it is the way that Aaron plots the uh, arcs of the book. It's always kind of focused on a specific character or centralized around someone. So you really don't have to keep up with it as much as you think you would. So like, again, I only really read it when it's focused on Blade or She-Hulk. And this particular arc is about Moon Knight. Um, Khonshu and Mooney have a vision of a Mephesto-ruled world. And Khonshu's like, oh, no, I don't want okay. that. 
So he basically starts his own plan to take over the world and the Avengers are outlawed in this world. Moon Knight attacks all the fellow Avengers and he starts taking like, he takes artifacts from Doctor Strange. He takes Thor's hammer. He tries to get some stuff from Black Panther. He The Phoenix Force, he bonds with that. Oh. Yeah. Which also will lead into the next arc is about the Phoenix Force looking for a new host in one of the Avengers. Jean was actually in this issue. Oh, yeah. Was she? Uh, they, okay. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it, because obviously at the end, they become true. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, the Phoenix leaves Moon Knight and they show it like flying off. And we cut to Krakoa and it's Wolverine and Jean. And he's like basically asking her, he's like, oh, did you feel that? Like the Phoenix is back. She's like, yeah, sh- but it's not here for me this time. Oh. Yeah, and so Wolverine's like, okay, so what are we going to do? And Jean's like, oh, I'm not doing anything with it. It has oh, we love to do that. with me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> She's like, I'm not doing anything with it, you know? So like, I love it, yes. Okay. I've got nothing to do with me. <laughs> and so she's like... It's she's very like, uh, mini leaks. <laughs> no, why am I in it? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not... Again, she goes, it's not here for me. Um, so it goes on, and that'll lead into the next arc about the Phoenix and the Avengers. I unfortunately will not be picking that up. Oh, okay. You're getting off the boat. Got it. Yeah. Um, I had my Moon Knight story. Again, I think, like you said, it felt a little moon, MCU light. I appreciate that because I don't really feel like Moon Knight has had that kind of story for himself. It was, And by the time, I'll admit, I wasn't really into it in the beginning, but by the time I got to the end and I remembered what I was reading, it's a fun story. You, you get a lot of nice like fights. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun stories, a lot of fun fights. There was a little bit of introspection in Mark and himself and with his whole schizophrenia bipolar disorder and that was okay. a nice touch so was that handled well it was fine it was very okay. surface level i feel okay. like I, I i'm hoping it leads into a moon knight book okay so okay i'm just crossing my fingers for that. he'll they'll probably give him a solo eventually TV he's, show coming, one, he's gonna get he, something you know he rides that b-list wave i feel like yeah um so he gets a push every now and again. We might know we have to wait a little bit, but it's going to come eventually. And I'm okay Correct. with that. Is B-list high? I mean, I feel like it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I like, okay, is he a B-list character? I feel like he may be C. I feel like he's okay. B. He's getting a show. He's a B-level character, I feel like. You can make if that you argument. say so. He's, had a lot. <laughs> 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 he's been written by some big names. He's had a fair book you know Malieve's been on the title Opina he he get he's B all right we're not gonna do that <laughs> uh, okay. all right moving on moving on uh-huh. that uh next book on my list is Fantastic 425 now you know I didn't read this so okay this think? was all this was all me and they got me <laughs> <laughs> now you know in the beginning of this show I talked about you know, how Sue Storm is my favorite Marvel character. And um, how disappointed I was with this Fantastic Four run (laughs) because it was basically, um, you know, Thing and Friends. (laughs) (laughs) And and I liked Dan Slott's work previously, so I was expecting to really like this too, but I was not, you know. But then they... We're hyping up this new arc for the Fantastic Four, but 
again, I wasn't even really into it because it was like, it felt like more of the same <laughs> because yeah. the way that the marketing for it went out, it was like, you know, oh, they're going to be, you know, fighting Galactus and doing all that again. I do remember seeing that because I remember in the press release, it was like, they have all new villains. And then it was like Galactus. And I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. So, but RB Silva was on, is on art and he is doing interiors for this. And, you know, wow. <laughs> he, he's one of my favorite artists. He's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So like him being such an awesome, an awesome artist, uh, I guess also Paco Medina and Will Rodson also did some pages in this book. It was okay. a big, it's, it's a, an oversized issue. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess they needed more artists to do more pages and stuff, but they were also fantastic. Paco Medina is one of my favorites um, also. So like all these great artists, I couldn't miss like seeing yeah. Sue, okay. <laughs> you know, oh, drawn by I, them. So, I <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'll give it a chance. And actually I really liked it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like the, the issue kind of opens with this uh, crazy, like alien, very like, I don't know. He looks like kind of a Martian Manhunter kind of his mm -hmm. alien form. Uh, and he's hovering over Earth, and he's being controlled by um, someone else, like, in his head. And he's named, like, the Helmsman. And he's like, oh, call me the Helmsman. And he confirms that he's from Earth. So you are given this whole hint of, like, okay, this is someone that we probably know, or at least just a human or something, uh, or just someone from Earth. And uh, he, the monster like goes down and destroys the Fantastic Four, kills them. We are all like, the reader is left to think that it is our Fantastic Four, but we find out that it's actually the Fantastics that you Ooh. met. You met these characters like way earlier in the book. They okay. are who took over the Baxter building from the uh the from the fantastic four because of got course it. dan slot wanted to move them to yancey street <laughs> for, you gotta live on yancey street. <laughs> for you whatever gotta live reason yancey. so um yeah then the fantastic four are all like back and you're getting this kind of like it feels like <laughs> no pun intended a relaunch really <laughs> hey, <laughs> you, shout out to us. you <laughs> you actually feel like the characters are all kind of reset and mm -hmm. you see Franklin in his room, you know, being all like, he's a teenager and a lot of his past panels and, and the other issues that I was reading with him, he felt way too angsty, but this time okay. he kind of toned it down because I felt like now it's more focused in him discovering his whole mutant and Krakoa side. So okay. he's like in his room jamming to like old Dazzler CDs. <laughs> and Dazzler, everyone is a Dazzler fan. <laughs> I always really enjoy that when they show Marvel heroes as Dazzler fans. Yeah, I think that's cool. And uh, he, uh, Human Torch comes in and, you know, they used to have like a bond where he has always said that um, Spider-Man is actually who Franklin's favorite superhero is. Uh, okay, but he would... That he would tell he like human torch would feel like it should be him and like so they have that kind of like closer uncle nephew thing going on for them mm -hmm. but 
during this time, you know, he's more of a teenager. So Franklin's like, oh, I don't really want to like hang out with you, Uncle Johnny. I want to like yeah, do more old. mutant stuff. Like I want to do like <laughs> like more Krakoa stuff. So like that relationship is kind of like rocky. So we're getting some of that. Um, Sue uh, Storm is actually going on a solo mission. So Dance oh, Line, wow. did you listen to the show? <laughs> <laughs> Because um, in the past, Sue has gone on like solo missions for S.H.I.E.L.D. or for Nick Fury. That's kind of been her like secret thing. Yeah, and I've always told me that. And kind of like I've said on the show, I've always felt like she should be more like a working mom, kind of where that is her thing. And this kind of new chapter for them opens with her going on the solo mission um, for Nick Fury. And it's it's a whole secret thing. I'm loving it. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe this might be... (laughs) Okay, uh, of, a, of a book again. Uh, so you're getting some of that. And uh, long story short, they end up getting like this. It's kind of like a MacGuffin, basically. But they find this like secret power source that is like basically infinite. And um, Valeria ends up making a portal with it. She was already like making this portal from from different kinds of technology that they found out in space. And she even said that like some of the design is based on Krakoan um, like gates. Oh, okay. And, wow. but, she, but like they couldn't keep it powered. So uh, they end up using this power source that Reed of course was keeping from everyone. Like he wasn't telling anyone about it. Why did like, it's, it's, I, I, you know, is that be <laughs> <laughs> Why is that like his thing? When are we going to pass that? um but of course they uh end up calling out them having secrets with each other of course sue and reed uh you know he brings up you know how long were you going to have these secret solo missions because of course during her solo mission she needed to go to latveria to steal something from there and of course you better do that than the invisible woman um of course during this time they get attacked by the alien and Doom is like, we need to do something. And I know you're there, Susan. <laughs> and because of course, who, who, who you can't one up <laughs> Doom. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was thoroughly interested in all of this, this, this new run that they're doing. They gave the thing, these two adopted children, a Cree um, and a Skrull a Skrull girl and a Cree boy, and they, uh, him and Alicia have adopted him, those oh, children. Wow. So now they're like kind of these adopted parents, so you get a little bit of that, which I think is- So kind everybody's of, kind of like moving a little bit forward. It yeah, like. everyone's yeah. kind of like finally moving forward, which is exactly what I wanted them to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I might I might be on board with this. And it feels like Slot kind of did with, them by giving them this gate so the teleporter ends up being powered by this power source that reed was keeping from everyone and it becomes like this thing called the forever gate so now they can go anywhere at any time with this portal and it looks like a going gate so they can kind of walk through it or whatever so now this of course wow exactly (laughs) 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 now everybody want to be like them (laughs) um and so yeah, now they can pretty much just kind of go wherever they want to go. So Slot kind of really opened up the door for them to go anywhere for any kind of adventures in the future. Okay. Um, so I might be back on board 
for okay. the Fantastic Four and getting this back in my pool. I The new costumes, although they are a variation of the original blue and black costumes, mm-hmm. they are, in my opinion, way better than those. They're like a, an updated version. So I love that. If you can, um, you have to show a side by side because I saw a picture and I didn't even know they were different costumes. <laughs> See, they are different. They they're a lot more streamlined and they're a lot like more sleek. You know, I will okay. I'll give you a side by side. Okay, yeah, give give <laughs> us a side by side so we can see that update. All right, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I I think I'm back on for the Fantastic Four. Okay, back on yeah. for the Fantastic Four. I guess if we'll see. Else I, I'm, I am I am I am cautiously optimistic. Oh, okay. He's, he's got to keep it up. This, If he keeps this same kind of energy where everyone's kind of progressing forward and we're getting more stories there, then I'm in. I think he'll do it. And Slot, we trust. I'm a Dan Slot fan. We'll see. I would never, I would never hide that. Mm. I think he's going to do great. <laughs> I might pick this up. Oh, see? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who, who knows? Maybe, maybe know. this next issue you'll be like, you know what? Maybe I'll jump into that. Um, yeah, because I think I saw um, someone posted a picture and there was a flashback, I think, of She-Hulk. Yes. And, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. Maybe yes, this yes, is yes. the issue. With reading. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been reading a bunch of older Fantastic Four books right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the era where she joins the She-Hulk team. was with the team. And yeah. I've been loving it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been actually pretty much loving it. She-Hulk is, is a lot of fun on this team. She's so much sass. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, it's what a ride we're on yeah, with this journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the next book on the list is Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. Did, are you reading Guardians? I am. Okay. So, you know, I love that that sci-fi. Yeah. All that sci-fi shit. So, like, I was looking to get into more of that on the okay. Marvel side, um, and then I wanted to also go cosmic. I I rarely go cosmic with my Marvel books. Um, so I was, I like asked people on, out on Twitter, like, oh, should I be reading this Guardians of the Galaxy book? Yeah, because, absolutely. you know, I do like, uh, I know it's written by Al Ewing and mm-hmm. the art is uh, Marcio Takara. For this issue. Who is, for this issue, yeah. For fun fact, Marcio Takara is actually my favorite comic book artist. Really? Yeah. He and Ryan Sook have always tied for the number one spot. Oh, I, I actually do like have two of his art books. And okay. his 2019 art book, he is sending to me and he's sending me an original sketch. I actually oh, have wow, an, that's dope. I have an original sketch of Jesse Bedlam that he did. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. On my, that's on my first sketch. Damn, uh, my first from your book. favorite artist? That's awesome. Yeah, it, was, it had to be done. I was like, this is never going to happen again. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but on this next one, he's doing um, Betsy. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> of course. And I'm sure we'll get to her later. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I am reading uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And I I like this a lot. Yeah, this was a really good issue. Uh, So basically, so well, first, this is an Empire Aftermath issue. Mm -hmm. You have to remind me, what was Empire about? You see, I know you and I know the shade that that was there because you're basically saying that you didn't read it. <laughs> and, you know, I I did read Empire again because I was bamboozled into thinking the Fantastic Four were going to be and they weren't. Uh, but Empire was pretty much just the 
unification of the Cree and Skrull factions. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of used through the whole, like they used like the Kotati as the, the way to kind of bring everyone together. And the Kotati okay. were the original people who the Cree fought um, and kind of what brought on the whole Cree Skrull fight initially. Okay. The Skrulls were, they had worked technologically advanced they came to this planet and offered you know the Cree and the kotati mm-hmm. to basically like a challenge to say you know whoever builds the best thing with this technology will grant you even more stuff to like help mm-hmm. you guys and it was a really like peaceful kind of thing but the Cree became violent and ended up like slaughtering the entire kotati and then of oh. course using the technology that they got from them starting a fight with the scrolls okay uh the but the kotati are also telepathic so there's like you know were they being forced to do this kind of stuff like what's really going yeah. on there so uh the kotati come back fight everybody long story short the scrolls and the kree are now a unified team under yes. king hulkling yes which is like where this issue starts from it's a new peacekeeping meeting yeah. between like the uh, different factions of the galaxy which uh, is a cool throwback to i don't know if you remember during infinity um hickman's uh, event infinity there was a moment where they had another faction meet up like this where it was the oh, same yes. kind of, it were a lot of the same people and i like that they've really kind of kept all the different factions that are out in space i love when they keep that kind of consistency there yeah, a lot of them were like super interesting. I'd love to get to know more. And I loved how Marvel Boy was sent as a representative because I'm, I'm a huge Marvel Boy fan. I think he's like amazing and great. And can I say, I really like the fact that Al Ewing is exploring the relationship between he and Hercules. Yeah, right? <laughs> that, that was like so cool because, so, you know, um, they've hinted at Hercules having relationships with men before. Yes, yes. Um, he is bisexual he's bisexual but it's never really been like explicitly stated or said and so to kind of have those two flirting and then like making out and then like here's marvel boy actually explaining he's been with betsy too right yeah he doesn't remember that though so we don't talk about it Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) well Uh, everybody has a bad night and i guess they do (laughs) and so you know to kind of see them doing that especially even with like uh novar you know, his bisexuality. It's re- it's just really nice. We don't really get to see a lot of the males, like, having those fling-type relationships. It's either, like, full-on relationship or it's, like... Right. Like, yeah. They're or nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to see these two guys kind of building something, I thought that was really well done. There's a lot of humor in the issue as yes. well. Al Ewing, like, is thriving here. It's basically turned into a murder mystery because people start getting killed at this peacekeeping meeting. And Marvel Boy, of course, finds himself in the middle. So they think it's him. And he's like, clearly I didn't do this. Look at me, I'm here for peace. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, did laugh at, there were a couple parts uh, of this that I thought were pretty funny. Yeah, and so it was really fun. And then the issue ends with Rocket Raccoon and the rest of the Guardians coming in. Rocket is gonna be the investigator of this murder. That'll be interesting to see uh, Rocket kind of 
do this because I see he's, you know, drinking a little bit. <laughs> he is depressed. During all this. Um, but I think my, my favorite standouts from this series so far that I should have probably known I would have liked have been Phila, uh, mm -hmm. Bell, and Moondragon. Moondragon. Yeah. Yes. I'm great. loving... Uh, I'm ready to stand for these lesbians. They yeah. are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they are amazing. Yeah. And so I would, and you know, it's actually funny. I was never a huge Phila uh, fan. Oh, okay. The of the 616 version. Um, yeah. She just never really did it for me. I don't, again, the super powerful cosmic type characters, more street level. But yeah. I really, really enjoy this alternate universe and a, a version of her. And I don't know if it's just because of her design, the whole like she turns black. I love the design. With the yeah. white hair. Yeah. Got like armor. I, you know, I love a warrior woman. Yes. Just, <laughs> she, you know, she just does it for me. Um, and this whole moon dragon situation that's going on right now, where the alternate universe moon dragon and the 616 moon dragon have kind of like merged yeah into this new person and phyllis pissed about it because she's like you are a stranger to me now and i have no idea who you are despite moon dragon still very much being in love with her exactly because both moon dragons were very much in love with uh with phyllis so yeah you know so I think that's really interesting. Al, Al Ewing is great. I am so excited for Sword. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I wonder are they kind of giving him the reins to the, the cosmic, cosmic world? Yeah, the cosmic side of Marvel. I mean, I, can I would see not be mad at it. <laughs> he's been building it for a while. Like his Ultimates run. Oh yeah, was, yeah. Did a lot of stuff with the cosmic. He he he. I still need one. to actually finish that. You should. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I also had Falcon and Winter Soldier on my list. Okay. Number four came out. It, again, it's similar to Avengers. It's okay. It's just something. It's giving. MCU you know, type of story, kind of pop conflict and action packed running through. It was supposed to tie in with the show. Okay. Yeah, Do you feel like it's out. giving hints of what the show could be like? No. Really? No. Okay. I, um, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, mean, okay. I, and honestly, I, I kind of don't want it to. The story itself is fine, but it's just not anything I think is important enough to the characters to make a real impact. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's Would you recommend picking this up or checking this out on Marvel Unlimited? Check it out on Marvel Unlimited. Okay. Definitely. I'll throw it in my list then. To and check now that they've out. shortened the time frame, it's th it's no longer six months; it's three months. Yeah. Oh, it'll be up there pretty soon then. Okay, cool. Yeah. Check it out on Marvel Unlimited. And those are my books. Did you have any other books that you read? Oh, of course. We have to get to you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know want to skip this. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let's get gosh. into it. All right. So technically Excalibur happens before X-Men, but I kind of want to talk about Excalibur last. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, they, so, although they go in order, they don't really need to be to like- That's true. Red they, were very, order. they were very dis distinct issues apart. So yeah. we'll talk about X-Men first. Let's do it. Yeah, so X-Men. Love this Apocalypse issue. And his family. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's I just, I felt like this has given 
apocalypse and like mutants so much more history apocalypse has never had good stories okay yeah yeah i love this apocalypse story it is just it's everything you want from it. it gives a lot of legitimacy to everything he's done his whole survival of the fittest mantra oh my gosh yeah finally seeing you know why he was doing that yeah. And like giving reason behind that, yeah, it was <laughs> and just the like, actual reason cool. that's behind there is so this dope. Is cool, uh, Genesis. It also kind of hints that maybe this is a part of why he has taken such an interest in Richter, because oh, the whole Genesis connection and her power over Earth and stuff like that, and then now Richter's powers are growing and he's also getting more control over Earth. It was just something I noticed that I thought I was like, oh, okay, oh, that's interesting. Here. I didn't even make that kind of connection. Yeah, I was like, that was cool. And speaking of Genesis, she's great. What a woman. What a woman. <laughs> wow, what a woman. Yes. I, her her and Iska, man. I'm I'm so excited to really get into the rest of this event and get more into these Iraqi sword bearers because yeah. they seem amazing. It's awesome to have learned on that data page that uh, uh, Apocalypse's sword was made by Iska. I think that's, really, yeah, that's a cool little the, touch. The, Hickman's really killing it on this book. Yeah. It's just, it's... Con- Go now, ahead. did you get the idea that the uh, Annihilation helmet was kind of like a Dr. Fate-esque kind of yes, helmet? I did. Okay. Which I liked. I thought that was really cool. I was never... be Honestly, I liked it because I was never really into the whole theory that um, Genesis and Anni- Annihilation were the same person. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I always did want them to be separate, so I really like this not to say that annihilation can't be genesis now who knows she might have put on the helmet or something like that that's the vibe i'm getting (laughs) (laughs) but to know that they are something that can be separated is really cool and i really prefer that it but i'm feeling like the i feel like she can control it though oh like i feel like i feel like genesis definitely put the annihilation helmet on but she's in control Oh, only because they feel only because I feel like they really talked about how much the helmet like possesses whoever is wearing it. Yeah, I have. But you think she's got the stronger will? Yeah, I think she's got like the stronger. She is the fittest. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Also, I love that she just knew she was stronger than Apocalypse. She was exactly. You you can't hang out here. You be the one to go out there and find some people. Exactly. And she said it to him like it felt very like oh yeah. Just but I also own. love that so he cute like to think you could like hang, but you yeah. Can't. But I also know that he knows it's true. Yes, yes. <laughs> because he got to step, and he was like, "I'm not going to lie." So I think that's really cool. It also kind of you can say it explains why he's always so cold and mean to those people who he's made his horsemen because he has always been used to being weaker. Fair, yeah. And now here he finally is actually stronger than somebody else. So he takes advantage of that. Again, it just adds a lot of legitimacy to Apocalypse as a character and adds a whole bunch of new layers that I really love. Yeah, I really enjoyed having it be so rich of history to give him and, you know, kind of like really gave you something to like dive into Apocalypse. I had no idea that, you know, Apocalypse would be the character during this whole Kakoa era that would be someone I was really, really enjoying. <laughs> thriving. Yeah. He's, I feel like Hickman is really just mining the history of the he X-Men is. and really like giving them and pushing them forward. That was one forward. of the things that I really appreciated during the whole promo 
uh, Hox Pox time, you know, when Hickman was doing interviews and he was just talking about how he was just reading every single X book that was in existence. Yeah. And he was going through and just finding all of these different things and he's bringing that stuff back. I love it. This is this is the golden age right now. We are in yeah. a golden age of X books. This this book specifically also uh, was drawn by uh, I think it's Mahmoud Azrar is how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. And I got some Polaris panel time, so check out that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, she was an I've, issue. She had I've, a moment with Magneto. I've been liking this book. <laughs> How can I not? <laughs> did you like the fact that she was in her X-Factor costume or did you prefer the older version? So her X-Factor costume, in my opinion, in this book, it was nice to see drawn by someone else. Okay. And um, again, Azrar is really great. So it was, mm-hmm. she looked better in this in this version of her than she has in her x-factor book but again the costume in my opinion still feels very like casual so in this in this circumstance for what she was doing with her using her powers to restrain apocalypse it It felt like okay yeah that's this works for you to be wearing that then but i still think she needs like a kind of redesign for when she hopefully adjoins an acolytes team (laughs) (laughs) okay out there I can respect that. I yeah. recommend it. Okay. Uh... Yeah. So the next and last book is uh, Excalibur. So you know, written by Teeny Howard. And this book drawn by Arby Silva. He's a working man. A working man. I, so I'm loving the art for sure. And okay. what... I'm I'm gonna tell you what I thought. So before you hype in and, and you know, I already okay. know you're about to go off. <laughs> okay, okay. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. So you know, know, I I felt like the the book was fantastic. Really, like really, really, really good. I haven't been the biggest supporter of Excalibur. Like I haven't been like the biggest, like, oh my gosh, hey, everybody go get Excalibur. Because mm-hmm. there have been a lot of issues in the beginning. And kind of in the middle too, where I felt like, what the fuck is, what, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, sure. I'll go along with it. But um, these last few issues have really been great. And I think this will probably read better for me as a trade. Probably I need to go back and just read it all as one continuous story. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like this issue, you got a lot of the why Betsy is Captain Britain. And I think that a lot of my enjoyment for this issue, I won't lie, comes from knowing you (laughs) and the conversations you and I have had because you have always like broke down Betsy and like, you know, talked Mm -hmm. about her because like, you know, that's your favorite. That's my girl. So um, I felt like a lot of the things that I was seeing in this were so great to see like resolutions for because I know that Betsy has always wanted to be Captain Britain. Like this is what she, she wanted to be like the hero. Like that's what she knew she wanted to do. And like, she's always kind of hated that it's always just been given to Brian. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure even she's traveled to like different universes and stuff and like seen the Captain Britain core. And 
I'm sure seeing Ed that even in other universes is always Brian is an- <laughs> <it's> annoying <laughs> to see too. And that's frustrating when like she has always wanted to to put herself out there to be the hero and to be that 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 Captain yeah. Britain. Um, so it was it was really cool to see her kind of say, you know, everyone's like, well, why do you even want to do it? Like you never want to do it. And mm-hmm. um her say no, like, you know, what if this is actually something I wanted for myself, you know? Yeah. I thought that was really dope to see. Um, it also was really interesting that Teeny showed when Saturnine and uh, Brian were kind of talking about Betsy and they were mm-hmm. talking about, uh, oh, you know, this isn't really like her. She is more one to like sleuth around and not really go yeah. into the heroics. I felt like that was more of a comment on them not really knowing who Betsy is because the sleuthing part of her is more of her in that ninja body. Yeah. That is not Betsy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she actually does want to be a hero or whatever. So like they Saturnine had no idea about who Betsy really is. So I thought that was really interesting to kind of see. I thought this was a really a really a really interesting issue. The the art was fantastic. Um you know, it was really cool to see Brian become I guess Captain Avalon, which is the what awesome. a name. What a I name. love that yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna have to talk to Teeny because uh, sorry to interrupt you, but this is one thing she keeps giving Betsy's brothers names that are better suited for her. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and like for- <laughs> she's, she's trying it a little bit with that. It's, it's like yeah. you already you gave Monarch to Jamie. Now you take Captain Avalon and you give it to Brian. It's just like, come on, babes, what's going yeah. on? What do yeah. you really do? She she has been giving the better code names to her brothers <laughs> for sure. <sighs> um, but his and I mean maybe better costumes too because I really kind of like the this Captain. Av- so I honestly didn't like the first costume they showed with him when okay. he first grabbed the sword in Excalibur. But this Captain Avalon suit, I love it. Yeah, it's really good. I, I, I love like the it. black gold uh, red coloring of it with silver chainmail. It's it's great. Yeah, I think it's really cool. It's really dope looking. Um, and it was really cool to see Jamie kind of flex with his powers. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I really appreciated about the whole, like that Omega level list mm-hmm. that uh, Hickman had in, during Hoxpox was the different, I love when there's like a deeper dive into powers and like how they kind of work. Yeah. And I like the way that they broke down the different people who can like bend reality and whether it's quantum based or like, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of energy based or whatever. I think that's really cool. So it was really interesting and awesome to, to see, yeah, uh, you know, Jamie use his powers in that way. And, you know, she also gets the Starlight Sword, which is cool. <laughs> so I thought the issue was fantastic. Now, what did you think? Uh, okay i love this issue yeah i loved it so okay let me get let me let me get some things out the way so first i will say that i did have some issues with a couple of things honestly i didn't like the coloring of the issue um oh really okay the way her costume was colored there were like black lines on it there was a lot more white than there should have been um and her hair the coloring kind of, was uh nolan woodard nolan woodard um i'm not sure what else he's ever done they've ever done n- never heard of him unfortunately um not bad coloring just 
not the correct coloring. Her hair would look pink, certain issues. So I will mm. say there was a big thing about Betsy among the fandom when she was in the Asian bod. She had, you know, her dark purple hair, but artists would always color it black. And it was kind of thing like, hey, this yeah. is like this is like the one thing about the character. Her hair is purple. It's, you, you're not going to color Polaris's hair like orange or yellow. It's green. You know, it's green. Betsy's hair is purple. So they used to try and fan canon or, you know, say that it was the dye wearing out and she would always have to go back and re-dye it. That's why it would turn black sometimes. So when she went back to her original body, you know, it has the lighter color purple. And so right. we were all kind of like, okay, great. We're never going to have to worry about black hair again. Color it pink. <laughs> right. It's just like, I can't win. Just like, just give my purple hair. Um, yeah. But no, so I, that was one thing that I kind of was taking me out. I also didn't really think the issue was crossover friendly. Okay. I feel like every issue of... Ten of Swords so far has been very crossover friendly. You would not have to read any of the other issues of those books to know what was going on. Once Teeny had the Captain Britain Corp show up, the ones that Jamie created, if you're not reading Excalibur, you're going to be like, who are these people? You're, or you're going to be like, oh, why did Jamie just kill Jubilee and nobody reacted? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they would, they so would feel like just characters that you knew and it's like, you probably you yeah. actually don't really are supposed to care about them, quote unquote, you know. <laughs> exactly. So um, I thought that was kind of a misstep on her part. But everything mm. else, I just really, really, really enjoy. Now, again, I have spoken about how I think Excalibur is a little bit of a frustrating book and how things don't move as fast. I will say I think I enjoyed this a little bit more than I originally would have because I had just recently gone back and reread the first 12 issues. Okay, and so you kind of think the same, that it kind of feels great as a, a long-continued story. Teeny is very much doing long-form storytelling. And okay. I think that's where a lot of the other books are different. You're kind of getting more immediate reactions to what they're doing or immediate conclusions to what's happening with them like think about um x-force with domino she was skinned alive and we saw and that by like issue eight or seven or eight or something like that she's already like hunting people down and looking for them teeny yeah. is like starting things in issue one and we're just now hitting them in issue 13 and it even still it's still very much at the beginning of it yeah. so i think once i really adjusting my thinking of this book to remember that it's enhanced my enjoyment it reads so much better as one big thing and it was it was it was just amazing to kind of have betsy finally feel like a character and so i will also say though going back and rereading a lot of this stuff has been built up now i know some people were saying that they kind of felt confused about why betsy was acting that way towards brian she didn't want the amulet in the first place but when you go back and reread this book she absolutely has come into this role as Captain Britain and she loves it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and I'm, I'm going to give a quick breakdown of the timeline. So it's like, you go back to, then we have to go back to Excalibur number one. So you go back to Excalibur number one, Brian is possessed by Morgan Le Fay. He gives Betsy the amulet so she can escape. And in such, she becomes Captain Britain. She basically goes on thinking that this is temporary, so we don't really get too much into it. But by issue three, by the time they've gone to rescue Brian, they see, okay, we failed at that. She's even saying like, no, he's Captain Britain. We have to save him. And Jubilee kind of lets her know like, no, it's you now. You are Captain Britain. You have to do this job. 
So issue four, she gets right to work. She goes and meets with the queen. She announces herself as Captain Britain. She establishes a Excalibur. We find out that the public has discovered there's a new mutant Captain Britain and she really isn't that well received by them. Issue six comes along and we finally rescue Brian. But then that's when he gets the sword of might. And being that he doesn't want to be this captain in anger, he gives it up. And he's like, I'm not going to be Captain Britain at all. So again, he's telling Betsy, like, you are the one true Captain Britain. She goes on to do that. I, again, even an issue like seven during the Warwolf arc, she's talking to Apocalypse. She's like, she keeps saying it. She's like, I'm Captain Britain. I'm protecting not only Krakoa, but like Otherworld and England, the stuff you're doing, like what's happening. You put Jamie on the throne. That doesn't work. And she meets up with Cullen and Cullen's like, people are questioning your legitimacy. And she's like, no, this is me. I am the one doing this work. I am out here and getting the stuff on that by issue nine she is meeting with rogue and she's telling rogue that she's sad because she doesn't understand why saturnine hasn't revealed herself to her again she is captain britain she's doing the work this is something oh. that she's been trying to be this hero and saturnine hasn't revealed herself to her and she doesn't understand why you hit issues 11 and 12 and they're finally meeting and you know saturnine makes it clear like i don't see you as my captain britain you are not the one whereas brian and bessie's like no i'm the only one you've got I'm exactly yeah i've done this work and so now we get to issue 13 and you have all of this frustration and all of these things that have been going on with her she hasn't really had a moment to catch her breath she's just been trying to deal with stuff she's been trying to prove herself and at the end of the day it's also kind of like you said they were saying oh she's seen as this sleuthy character but that's not who betsy is at the core she is a hero so her thing is like i am a hero why do i have to keep proving myself that i can do this job why do i have to keep proving myself that i'm worthy of this position and Brian comes back and because he's heard this prophecy and you have these two different parts of it. One is saying this one's a hero. The other one is the echo doomed. And he automatically assumes like, oh, here's the sword because you're the echo doomed. You're the fighter. You're the sleuthy one. I'm obviously right. the hero. Give me my amulet back. And, with, exactly. and, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. He doesn't even have like the decency to actually say, like, give me my amulet back. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I loved when she said to him, like, I need to hear you say it. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, say it to my say what you really mean. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you come here talking about some, oh, I'm here to give you this sword. No, what do no. you want? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so, like, even when they're fighting, she says it to him. She's like, it's an honor. She's like, it's not a birthright. She's like, you, she's like, even if I wasn't chosen or like picked by Merlin or Rome or something like that, like, I am Captain Britain right now. You didn't want it you don't just get to take that back. And so I feel like it really legitimized a lot of things that were going on with Betsy. And it truly felt full circle for that particular part of her story to at least get that out there and say, this is what's been bothering me. This is why I'm acting the way I have. And having her finally come back and say, I'm going crazy with the whole part where she was escaping from the prison into Jamie. Yeah. She's kind of like, I just got to try this. Like I have to focus, do what needs to be done embrace this whole thing and it was just really great really well done the art of course rb silva he was fantastic <laughs> yeah um i will also say one of the things that i didn't really care for was that rogue and gambit kind of disappeared from this issue they were they, they i mean they've kind of been <laughs> gone from the whole damn series <laughs> okay, okay, okay so hold on let me talk about let me talk about rogue in oh excalibur really <laughs> okay so I will 
totally understand if you are a rogue jubilee or gambit fan and you do not like this book <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> or if you're like coming into this book saying hey i want to read about my favorite characters because they have gotten no love i think that both gambit and jubilee can be switched out for anybody else megan pixie warpath whoever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. i will say i think rogue is a little bit more central to the book and oh how so okay so get into this let me let me, let me break this down for you because so, of her powers not even because of the powers so obviously teeny excels when she writes apocalypse he's very much yes. been the forefront of this book like he is in that number one spot um the second character who she's given the most attention to is betsy the third character she's given the most attention to is richter he is like Apocalypse yes. is a princess. So they're all kind of getting like constant stuff. Uh, it's actually really funny when I think about the promo for Excalibur, people were complaining. They were like, oh, Teeny only talks about Apocalypse Betsy and occasionally Richter in these interviews. And we just assume <laughs> because, oh, like they have like the biggest changes happening to them right now. But it's like, no, they're actually just the main characters. The main characters, book. right. <laughs> um, Rogue is definitely the fourth and Killary character of this book. Okay. And I say that because she, not, she had her whole thing with the powers and the apocalypse stuff in the beginning and changing that, but we've gotten insight into rogue mindset a little bit more so than we have with say Gambit or Jubilee. We had the moments with her in the beginning talking about how she didn't want kids. She right. has, Rogue is a leader. She's led the X-Men and the Avengers. We've seen her kind of be that co-leader with Betsy on a lot of the missions they go into. They're like playing off of each other. She's like, you do this, I'll do this. Or like me and Gamble will take point here. She has been the one person who's kind of come to Betsy. Like again, in issue nine, when Betsy was talking about why Saturnine wouldn't come to her, she was talking to Rogue about that. Rogue has been that one person to kind of come over to her and be like, hey, like, you're acting a little bit strange. What's going on? And then even in issue 11, when they go to Storm and Citadel, Rogue is again, she's the one kind of calling Betsy out on her stuff. She's like, you're telling us to leave. You're telling us to do all this stuff. Like these are the things that you used to do as Psylocke. Like this isn't who you are now. She is like the fourth person of this book. And honestly, I think that Apocalypse is going to die by the end of this event. That is like okay. one of my theories. And I so agree. he'll be removed from Excalibur. And I've always said, I also felt like the first 12 issues of Excalibur were purely set up for 10 of swords. Yes, like Teeny knew this event was coming. She was like, okay, I'm just gonna work that out. I really do feel like once this is over, I hope that we see a little bit more characterization from the rest of the team. And yeah. with Apocalypse being gone, I feel like Rogue will be able to step up and fill some of that void. I don't really see it happening too much for Gambit. I honestly don't want it to. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, just, just, it's like, just Gambit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Jubilee, I don't know. We really only need her for her son. Again. Right, right. Yeah, so it's just like... I, I think, I'm also, I'm not the biggest Jubilee fan, so whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone who is. And I, don't, I mean, some of the girls like her. <laughs> I... I don't. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think about Jubilee and I just try and think of like, I guess a good Jubilee story or like a Jubilee story I've really enjoyed. And and I've read a lot of stories with Jubilee in them, but mm-hmm. she's never the standout person for me. And I'm also not the hugest Generation X fan. So 
me neither she usually annoys yeah. me when she shows up so <laughs> <laughs> but you know so What's yeah that? those two i think i think rogue is kind of the next one and again like we know that due to the solicit that something happens in ten of swords where betsy also isn't really on the team anymore it looks like and so excalibur is going into other world to search for something i very much see rogue being in charge of that mission if there's oh, no definitely Alex, if there's no betsy megan's coming along but you know Megan's not going to tell Rogue what to do. Hell no, no. Yeah, so. <laughs> of course not. I, I, I feel like if you are a Rogue fan, Stan, I can completely understand why you think this book sucks again, <laughs> or why you feel this book sucks, or why you are frustrated with her characterization. But I will say, I truly feel like something's in the works for Rogue specifically. And again, we had like all that stuff with her in the beginning when she was in the coma, we got into her mindset. Like I said, she is kind of like, the fourth pillar of this book it's a very small pillar but she's a pillar yeah and like you said i hope that after x of swords that she ends up getting probably more characterization i hope that there is a little bit less emphasis on trying to make her her 90s version yeah she uh, needs a new costume like bad. she definitely needs a new costume and, a, new and costume a whole new look bad. for her because I I would hate for her to regress to that because I do yeah. feel like she has actually grown so much as a character yeah. since then. So I think that she would, I hope that she gets to get some more characterization that kind of pulls her away from anything yeah. that's regressing her back to being her, yeah. her 90s self. And I, and, I, and I want Rogue to stay in the book. Again, like I said, she's kind of been the one person who has been able to coddle not coddle, but like call Betsy out on her stuff or like come yeah. for her when she's sad. And um, I think it's a really good role. Which is interesting. They didn't like each other. Yeah, I was, about to say that. Right? I was about to say it's interesting <laughs> because they've never had the closest relationship. It's always kind of felt like we just have the same friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's always kind of like we have the same friends. So like we're here around each other. But if we I weren't like you like that yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> you are they, if anything they've been played up more as like playful rivals they fight a right lot. they fight and a lot right they compete a lot which is a, a reason why i think it's great that rogue is the one it kind of feels like they're very similar in that way and so that's why i think rogue has been the one to be like you're acting how i act. what's going on yeah um so yeah i want rogue to stay in the book i think again the issue was great i think as a betsy fan it's really enjoyable yes. i think Again, it wasn't. There's got to be some damn karma or something because I feel like <sighs> your your X of Swords <laughs> book was fantastic, but like <laughs> my X of Swords Polaris book was like it was not good. It was not it good. Wasn't Just bad. It was bad. It only got good at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the last Polaris like speech was the only good part of that uh, damn book. When she was like holding rock slide's dead head that like, was so what strange fuck? what like that was weird oh well, and that... she's like hysterical over somebody she doesn't even know <laughs> that doesn't make any sense we're not gonna go there forget it but this book i actually really enjoyed and i would say that i'll although i agree with you that this book um wasn't very crossover friendly mm -hmm. um I would still recommend it, you know, because not only is it a part of this X of Swords, it was still a very good, like, Betsy-focused issue. So if you were a fan yeah. of of her and you wanted to find out more about the whole, like, Avalon, Otherworld, Braddock family thing, I yeah. think this would be a very interesting and, and it was good, a good comic. And that was the thing. I think it was an, a good 
Braddock family moment. I don't think we have too many of those. I, what, the last time all three of them were together, Betsy was mind controlling Brian to snap Jamie's neck. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. D- during their, la- and it was also like the last trip of all of them together in Otherworld in Remender's X- Uncanny X Force. You know, they were in Otherworld because the Captain Britain corpse had kidnapped Phantom X. Ugh. Uh, I did not miss him. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had kidnapped Phantom X and Betsy to be- because they were a part of killing Kid Apocalypse. And so they put him on trial and like Betsy has to rescue him. But there's also like this goat god thing that is Oh, yeah, I remember. I think omniverse. I read this. Yeah. 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 And then it's revealed this. that Jamie is actually the goat from the future. And so Betsy's on like, her way there and she's like, Brian, like you got to stop Jamie and Brian's like, no, I can't do this. And so she's like, all right, close your eyes. And she like controls his mind, makes him snap the neck. And it's like, oh, this is great. So yeah. to have all of them together and it be a semi-decent happy time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, it okay. won't always stay that way between the three of them. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, I can take this. Um, so it, it was good. I, I really, I really, really enjoyed the issue. I think Excalibur is truly coming into its own. I think I have said it before. It is going to be the best X book. Uh, sooner than later i wouldn't go that far but but i do <laughs> but i do like the book <laughs> and i um i've really been enjoying x of swords too i've i've been liking the pacing of x of swords mm-hmm. uh, i think it's been mostly because a few of the books come out like at the same time so that yeah. we're like we're getting through them all finding their swords at a very great pace. Like it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, we're still we're doing this. this out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Cause it's I mean, they're finally, they're pretty much at the end now. Yeah. I think I feel they like they're already. Yeah. Apocalypse like, was the last person to get yeah. a sword. Cause next so, issue I mean, is stasis. And, oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Next issue is stasis. And so I think we're going to get a little bit more insight into the Iraqi sword bearers. And then after that, that we're probably, yeah. And after that, I think we're in the battles. Do you think it's going to be like one one-on-one battle or like one just giant like a giant fight? I don't yeah. know. I think it's the way they made it seem like there was it was going to be like an actual match. This is giving the, me like I don't know if you watched Dragon Ball Z, but it's giving like yeah. cell games. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's it's give it's I'm getting cell games. Because there's so much going on because it's like when you think about Marvel has been dropping their promo right for uh this event and like we've had different things we saw like betsy versus eats esco we saw magic versus pog i think they did mm-hmm. cable versus bay mm-hmm. and so now we see like the preview page of stasis and they're all kind of standing there getting ready to go to the battle on their sigils and it's like completely different like magic is like against iska and then betsy is fighting Solemn, who we thought was probably going to fight Wolverine. So it's just like a lot of interesting right. things. I'm excited to see. I have no idea what's going on in this book because <laughs> it's, a bit, yeah. it's a bit wild. And I love that. I absolutely love that because that's the same kind of feeling I had during Hawk's Pox. It was like, I don't know what's going on, but it's good. So I'm enjoying I mean, the ride. That's for sure. Ten of Swords. Excalibur 13 on sales now. <laughs> yes. Comicsology. <laughs> It's a great Betsy issue. <laughs> It'll soon be the best X book. I look forward to having many That's of you agree with me on this. So we'll see about it. that. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's let's take a break and uh, we'll come back. All right. 
we're back. Welcome back. All right. So uh, this is the discussion portion for the week. And uh, there wasn't too much news. What a dry uh, going- week. Yeah, too much, not too much news or announcements <laughs> going on. Again, I think it's just because a lot of these, like, companies are still kind of figuring things out, <laughs> you know, yeah. because uh, remember, we were talking about um, Hawkman and how excited we were to see him just put it on be Hawkman. Man. <laughs> but just, just put us out of our misery. It's, yeah. I get it. I get you want the money. Figure it out. Figure it out quickly. Um, but one thing that was announced that, you know, I was super excited for um, was the Static movie it will be produced by Michael B. Jordan and his uh, production company. Okay. Now, Static is is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, DC character. Um, oh. Him and Jon Stewart really are like my top two favorite like dc characters all right i never knew that yeah um you know i love a character that got some common sense (laughs) (laughs) listen if you're if you are like manipulating some kind of energy and got common sense (laughs) i'm probably gonna be a fan (laughs) did you used to so you read the original milestone static series i did yes so um i read it much later in in like my my like you know comic book history but i did read that original series it was pretty good you know um i think that static is one of my favorite characters because he really does feel like me (laughs) Um, when it comes to like a representation or whatever like static uh always just kind of felt like me which was this nerdy black kid who is who also likes like rap music too (laughs) you know like i also like pokemon but like i also like a a bunch of other shit so he's just like a regular kid so that relatability because he was supposed to be like the spider-man yeah he was like he was the updated version of spider-man you know okay kind of what what ms marvel is today for marvel Uh, and kind of how she's the newer kind of Spider-Man archetype. He was that, you know, back in the early 2000s when I was a kid. Um, so I am super excited for them to be talking about a movie. This was announced during um, their DC uh, like live uh, panel that they were doing. Uh, what was it called again? The uh, I don't the DC Universe? Like they had oh, big, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um... What was that? Uh, and well, no, what was it? The DC um, experience was it? Experience? Yeah, it was like was some experience? kind of experience. <laughs> that thing, whatever that thing. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, they when during that whole thing, they like announced that Milestone was coming back with comics, and uh, they were also working on a static movie. Now, the way that it was announced, it seemed like it was all really, really, really early in the talks of it. <laughs> Yeah, that seems part of the course. Yeah, with exactly. With milestones. DC. And milestone. <laughs> but, you know, I felt like they were announcing these exciting things, but they have been talking about bringing Static back since, I think, maybe 2016. And they've mm-hmm. been talking about this, a Static movie or a TV show since around the same time. So I feel like it's always just been 
oh, we're doing talk. it, but I'll talk, but no show. Uh, so I'm excited for this. I do think if there's one thing about Michael B. Jordan is he actually really does support a lot of like nerdy things. Yeah, he's he, very much like into all the stuff he's, he's like he's into anime, comic books. Yeah, I think he's, he's like he's actually really into like that culture too. So I wouldn't be unless something went awry. I don't mm-hmm. think that he wouldn't make this kind of announcement and it not actually happen. So um, I'm excited for whatever they kind of have working on there over over the static movie. I, I would love I, to have that optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I try, you know me, I'm optimistic as fuck. So I try to be, I hope that, I hope that it's going to still kind of happen. I would love to see it. I'm going to be the first one in line. Well, I, wait, well, I mean, I guess I can, so with the static movie, does that also still fall under like, um, like WB DC stuff or is it like completely That is a good separate? question. I think it would be, I don't know. I think it would be, completely separate because the milestone characters are actually separate yeah it's it's a whole different thing so because that's my thing if it's not a part of the whole warner brothers dc experience then yeah like i can totally see it happening it's like okay let me get hyped but if it is i don't know and that's only just because you know obviously they've stuck out so many things that i was supposed to get a nightwing movie nightwing batgirl supergirl new gods uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah where are any of those uh, you know it, it just keeps on going and then black adam just got shelved and so it's just like okay we keep announcing stuff if anything they do it's just like i'll wait to see it yeah i i am i'm optimistic that it happens because i want my favorite character to finally you know be be done in live action yeah. um and i feel like i feel he may even just maybe need an updated animated show. I would love to see that too, because he kind of has the same, I guess, kind of benefit that the X-Men kind of have right now, which is it's been so long since they were actually done that -hmm. there's been so many advances in that genre that whatever new kind of thing that they come out with, is going to be so much, or I would hope would be a lot better than, you know what was done in the past just because yeah. it's been such a huge jump and in, in leaping in animation and just technology in general so i would hope that this kind of movie is done very well they give it the budget that it needs and mm-hmm. and it actually comes out <laughs> it would be great to see yeah um i know people have been waiting for static to come back for a long time Child. <laughs> he, he is on just about every single list every time <laughs> static stands yeah. we have been trying to get him in something for so long and his he's been locked up in litigation for so yeah. long because of like his estate you know uh they were trying to move forward with static stuff but the uh mcduffie his his wife who like is in charge of his estate she mm-hmm. wasn't i guess being included on a lot of the discussions mm-hmm. so they were at odds there legally because she does i guess have a right to to speak on that but they kind of wanted to just move forward anyway yeah <laughs> um so we'll see they had the new milestone comic that came out that was going to be like a relaunch for static and yeah. i re i reread that recently and as much as i loved it i really do hope that the milestone creators kind of give 
new talent people new talent a chance to kind of work with it which is kind of what they're doing with michael b jordan you know Mm -hmm. i hope that they are letting not necessarily letting him take over but i do hope that they are giving their some kind of like creative freedom there and aren't trying to just pigeonhole their version of static from when they created them yeah i think that's honestly been one of my big things about the whole milestone resurgence and how it's coming back i I, i'm always going to respect and love those creators for starting it thank you it is great. We love it. Um, but I also don't want them to be the only ones who build this world. Yeah. I want to make sure that, you know, they kind of let other people in and let them add their stuff and it's, be the overseers if you need to, but don't be the Let's gatekeepers. Just get some fresh, exactly. Get some fresh talent in there. Yeah. I know that. So um, last week, we asked people to come up with a new code name for Jean Grey. And we got so many responses. So many responses. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than I anticipated it, which I thought was so awesome to see. Um, you know, um, guys are really yeah. creative. <laughs> like, I, uh, really creative. I guess I guess nobody wants her to be called Marvel Girl anymore. No. <laughs> see? <laughs> see? People, y'all know what I was talking about. And I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> you know, people yeah. understood that like, that Marvel Gold name is like whack. She needs something new. <laughs> so um, I'll read a couple off that we got. You know, we had Brainwave, Revelation, Kinesis, Cerebra, Revenant, Omega. The biggest one and most frequent name that we got was Marvel Woman. Really? What? What? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I thought I thought that was so interesting because I know you are not a fan of the Marvel no. Woman name <laughs> <Jean> at all. <laughs> no. But you know, I mean, a lot of it was kind of it's time she shouldn't still be getting called a girl and yeah. you know I, I think a lot of people like when the character has marvel in their name it kind of shows mm-hmm. that you're like a face of the brand a little bit i guess and that's fair that but that is, girl part has got to go there was a <laughs> there was a apocalypse file actually back in an old x-factor book mm-hmm. um where x-factor was doing this like profile in on the x-men who were a part of x-factor at the time and in his gene gray like dossier it says like why would someone who is of age and mind uh still be letting everyone call her a girl and he said that like (laughs) it was a testament to the way that she wants to be what everyone wants her to be instead of being what she wants to be it was really it was really interesting read he was like you know she She's letting everyone still call her Marvel Girl, even though she knows that she is grown. And you're just doing that because you're trying to fill a role that everyone else puts on you. Yeah, it was really interesting. I have to send it to you. (laughs) With the read. It was a read. (laughs) It was like, woo. It was a read. (laughs) 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 So, you know, with you not being a fan of the Marvel Woman code name, what do you think? I know you don't necessarily like have a particular name that you like jump up for, but what mm-hmm. do you think kind of would encompass a good name for Gene? You know, it depends on her role at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one name that was suggested that I liked that headmaster, I thought that, or headmistress. Oh, yeah, um, I, yeah. I thought that was an interesting name, but I think that that could only work for her in a specific role, you know, mm-hmm. like um, her on Krakoa right now as headmistress would be interesting. That's that would work. Okay. Um, but I feel like with her in a code name, you either go with something that is, 
very instantly kind of shows that she is a telepath, you know, with some mm-hmm. kind of like Esper or something to do with like mind reading or anything like that. Yeah. Um, or you just kind of, because she is a telepath, those psychic kind of characters can kind of kind of go by anything. Yeah. Um, so she just needs, in my opinion, a name that doesn't sound like just a random adjective <laughs> and that she can mm-hmm. actually define, you know? Um, she, like, Rachel going by Prestige is random, <laughs> you, you know? Random. It's a random-ass name, and I feel like that's just some random, a random word. I feel like that isn't something that she could, like, kind of create for herself. It doesn't sound like something that she could she could own and i would love for jean to just have a name that or a code name at least that she could own you know instead of just going by jean i understand that i'll think about it i need to think about it some more and to see if i can come up with my own but i mean like i said everyone kind of had some really cool uh well with that then do you think she even needs a code name could she just be jean gray you know not at, at this point in her in her life and like as mm-hmm. she is on Krakoa, probably not. Oh. Because I feel like right now she isn't going out and like doing all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, okay. She probably doesn't necessarily need a code name, but I would like her to have one because That's I don't think I don't think she needs to be called Jean, even though she doesn't necessarily she can be, but I think that she it would be nice for her to have a code name that people called her or that she could have being announced mm-hmm. at the council instead of just going by Jean. Okay. I and I honestly that. feel like her code names never really stuck because of that 90s cartoon. <laughs> I feel <laughs> oh, like bef- yeah. before that, she was Marvel Girl, you know? Yeah. And then and she was Jean the costume and the she cartoon. Was, exactly. And from there on, that pretty much kind of cemented her as Jean. And I can see that too, just because of this whole new like Krakoan era and like what they're doing up the whole mutant name thing and whatnot. It's like, you, no one's going by like whatever it was they were or who they exactly. are, the actual name. It's like, you are your code name. You're this mutant, blah, 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 blah. So that's and I feel like this would be a time where everyone's kind of really establishing themselves in this new Krakoa era. So I would like for her to be able to do that too. All right. Yeah. All right. Can't be Jane okay. Gray. Okay, so um, because there was not too much news this week, I wanted to have a little discussion. And with that, I want to get more personal, I guess, and kind of oh. show a little bit more about us. So I wanted to ask you, how did you get into comics and who are some of your favorite characters? <gasps> oh, um. So the way I got into comics wasn't particularly interesting in any type of way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No one else in my family or like friend groups at the time read comic books. Obviously I knew the 90s X-Men cartoon. That was probably my big first exposure to anything. And I was in the grocery store with my mom one day. I was like eight, seven or eight years old. And you know how they used to sell books and comic books in grocery stores. Yeah. We were like walking past and there was this old X-Men issue and it was actually the one where the juggernaut quote unquote kills Dazzler. Okay. And I can't remember the exact number right now. I want to say, I think it was 213 or 212. One of those, it was somewhere along in that area. And 
I just like I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I that was also one of the reasons probably why Dazzler has like a soft spot in my heart. And I really, oh, really? enjoyed I her never noticed. Yeah, because just like, oh, like this was the very first comic book I ever got. And it's like it featured her and she was going through like this huge like personal issue. She was like upset with herself. She was trying she had like a night on the town. She went to go sing karaoke. She runs with juggernaut. She tries to stop him. He accidentally kills her. He's distraught because he's like, I'm a fan of hers. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, you know, it was just a really nice thing. And I yeah, it was great. And I never read any comic books after that for a while, but then I want to say maybe about middle school or so, there was a comic book store that had just got built by where I live. And I was like, oh, I always want comic books. I was like, I don't got no money for it. So <laughs> I just like convinced my mom, I was like, can you take me to this comic book store? And I just picked up a bunch of random things. And I just started getting into it, obviously, because I knew X-Men, that was kind of where I started with a lot mm -hmm. of my stuff. And then slowly but surely, I branched out into other things. And then I got into Aquaman because I just always thought he was cool. I'm a big lover of the ocean. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I love water in the ocean and stuff like that. So I thought his whole concept was cool. And then I came into him and I realized this was another character who was similar to the X-Men in, in his story where it's like he's trying to protect this world or these people who like don't really want him, even though he's from both of them on land and in the sea. Mm -hmm. And their stories just really resonated with me. And so I like mainly only stuck with those two for years. And then finally one day I was like, maybe I should read some other stuff. <laughs> 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 and so um, I started getting into things like Teen Titans. Um, Avengers was actually one of the very last books I ever read. Really? Yeah. I was like, it just anti adventure. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I want to say I don't really think I started reading Avengers books until maybe like 2010. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, like I was just like, I mean, I probably had picked a couple things up here and there, um, but and I was never super heavy into the Avengers like that. They just were not my jam. Um, and, but then once I did, I found some, once I found some characters I liked, I would go back and specifically read those runs like Firebird, Jack of Hearts, you guys. The, these fucking <sighs> like D-list characters. <laughs> <laughs> which, so you, which, you've always which been into to, them is what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to write Jason Aaron a letter because if anybody should be getting that Phoenix Force, it should be Firebird. Miss, I mean, Juanita. Sure, <laughs> Juanita. Juanita. She yes. deserves. She is the Firebird. Anyways, moving on. You know what? That. I wouldn't be surprised if actually they end up bringing her around they again. Should. Yeah, she's I did kind of like perfect. her. She's, she's great. Ah, <laughs> uh, the strongest Avenger. The, I um, no, I'm that sorry. Far, that's but... <laughs> right because that's Jack of Hearts. Actually, a damn show. Sure I, I was just. I was just reading the Marvel Zombie Supreme miniseries that he stars in. Highly recommend mm. that to anyone. Came out in 2011. It brings him back. It gives you a very nice backstory on him. You see his powers. It's got Battlestar in it. It's a really good book. Marvel Zombie Supreme. Check that out. Mm. Um, Come on, <laughs> <promo>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and so like I just. I don't know. It was and it was funny because I would find friends who did like comics in high school and things like that, but they all slowly but surely grew out of it. And where yeah. I was just sitting firmly in the space of no, this is what I do. <laughs> like this is <laughs> like this is where I want to be. I want to continue reading about these heroes and this stuff and these stories. And it was just great. I think comics in general have always been kind of looked down upon 
yeah because of you know but it's like these are legitimate forms of storytelling and i'm also always going to be a big fan of people who can draw and so it's like the fact that you're getting this yeah, legitimate same. storytelling with like this great art and this these books and these fight scenes and all these things like that's just super cool to me and i was like it kind of gives i don't know if it's corny to say but i truly think reading comic books has helped shape my morality that's and like dope. my judge and my judgment and thinking it just because of you know you're kind of going through these heroes who have all gone through horrible things in their life but they're still kind of constantly finding ways to overcome and fight and get to the next thing and like help the next person and just be selfless even when they're being selfish yeah and so i i think that personally relates to me a little bit sometimes i'm not the nicest person always but like my intentions are <laughs> 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 they're like i truly would love to help people i just might not say it in the best way mm. um but you know i comics stuck with me i i would never i i hate these things sometimes and they have burned a hole in my wallet and my pockets yeah. especially <laughs> especially when my mom used to take me my mother hated me taking to the taking me to the comic book store after a while because it would get to the point where I would wait the entire month to get all of my books at once. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would like go and there would be this giant stack of comics and she would be spending like a hundred and a hundred fifty dollars on me. And after a while she was like, I'm not buying these for you anymore. If you want this, you have to do it yourself. Yeah, buy it yourself. <laughs> and then I started realizing how expensive they were and I was like, whoa, but um, <laughs> it was worth it. And so, yeah, I really, I love it. That, that, that was my journey in the comics. It's just, shout out to Dazzler. She's the reason. The reason. I, the reason you got into it all. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> and you, good sir. I feel like you've t you had someone in your family who actually read comics, yes? Yeah. So the way I got into comics was uh, through my dad. So um, my dad is a huge comic book fan and had been reading comics okay. probably like since he was a kid. Um, I don't really know the story of how he got into it, but um, he has told me that he wasn't always team Marvel. He told me he actually used to be team DC <laughs> and was a big, a big Batman fan. That was who his like favorite was over there. Um, and funny enough, he's also like very much more into the street level characters your dad's He's... got taste everything you ever tell me about your dad your dad has immaculate taste i actually yeah. really, really hope to meet him so he and i can chat about comics one day yeah he likes the street level characters and um like you he loves to shade gene gray with you. <laughs> so <laughs> I the man, the taste. He's great. yeah so like the way the way i got started in comics was i want to say Kind of similar to you, I think that maybe the cartoon may have introduced me to the premise of like of yeah, them superheroes um, and all that. of superheroes and all that. And I think my dad may have. Um, I know that my dad may have got me into the comics, but I know my mom. Um, she got me like into the show. I think she like started getting me to the mm. show, and then she was like, "Oh, you know, was Eric likes this?" And then my dad was like, "Oh, perfect." Um, <laughs> he kind of used that as a way for us to like bond together. So um, the first book he ever let me read was like from his own collection of stuff. Okay. And it may have just been timing. I don't know, because he told me that he was rereading the Phoenix saga. So like oh, he, he it's gave- It's making sense. <laughs> it's he making gave, sense. 
He gave me um, the the very first book I ever read was X Men One Thirty Seven. Um, okay, and it's the book with when Jean dies uh, in the Phoenix Saga. Got it. So it's the one with the cover of her and uh, Scott. They're like they're like about mm. to you know they're like on the moon getting attacked or whatever. They're like battle worn. Um, and I read that book and instantly I was hooked because. This was the first comic I had ever read, or um, not only the first comic I had ever read, but also the first time I had ever seen the heroes lose, mm. which was like very interesting to me. So, because in everything else that I had ever seen, you know, you the hero always wins. So like you kind of expect that to be yeah. the ending there. But in this, the X-Men are fighting the imperial guard and like yeah. they lose <laughs> so like so i was like oh my gosh what's about to happen and um jean like sacrifices herself and uh because of her love for all of her friends and everything like that and i really resonated with doing for your loved ones yeah um so i just like really just kind of hooked on to jean there and after that he gave me like the entire phoenix saga and uh these other like x-men essentials which were um all these he was a big x-men fan um so then from there he gave me all these like claremont issues and right after for me right after i was reading phoenix saga i started reading um these older claremont issues and that's when i met carol and her Mm -hmm. but her as she didn't have any powers I knew her as just like the girl. I knew her as Ms. Marvel who like got into it with Rogue and that's how she lost her powers. But mm-hmm. I didn't know who Carol really was. So I got introduced through her, through the Claremont issues with her running around with the X-Men and then her becoming binary and everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I got into like non-X-Men stuff was through her. Okay. As a kid, I, you know, I just thought her powers were dope because like, she could fly and she's got super strength thanks she yeah. can shoot blasts like what's not to like um and i thought and her our costume was iconic you know she's the reason the girls were all wearing bathing suits and sashes all right they actually were. <laughs> you she know all was, the, everybody she started that <laughs> um and yeah i just i was hooked i loved all of it i loved i think probably what helped was and that may have actually, now I'm thinking about it, that probably was the start of my whole like cosmic science fiction interest mm. because it was the X-Men out in space. So it was like super oh, powered yeah. people like out in space and like doing all these really cool things and everything felt so infinite and everything felt like anybody could be like this. Yeah. You know, and I, th- I thought that that was really cool and that like really, really resonated with me. I didn't really get into DC stuff until much later. Once mm-hmm. I started, so my dad was the one who was like mostly buying all the comics. And then once mm-hmm. I got older and was in like high school, like late high school, early college, I started also buying stuff. And that's when I started to kind of get into DC. Yeah. Um, with like that early Teen Titan stuff mm-hmm. um, and like that Jeff John stuff. I didn't read it all. I'm finally going back through and reading all of it there. <sighs> There's a lot of good stuff, man. The I know. I can't wait just... to, to dive into it. I've, I remember reading it a lot when back then and like loving it. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to finally finish it all. And then uh, I got I fully dived into DC actually with the New 52. 
Um, oh, oh I was, sorry. I know, I know, right? I know. I, I was I'm reading. So sorry. <laughs> I had read like some random Green Lantern stuff, and like I said, I'm a really big uh, John Stewart fan. And um, I had kind of read like some stuff, like random one-off issues, but never like continuously picking up like a pull list. Yeah. So when the new Fifty Two happened, I was like, "All right, cool. This is my chance. I'm gonna just jump right mm-hmm. into it." And <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> some of it was good and you know again my favorite kind of pillars over there were like you were the teen titans uh mm-hmm. green lantern green lantern was good because it didn't stop it never yeah. it didn't get it didn't get relaunched it uh like the whole story that john's had before it just kept was going. kept going yeah aquaman <laughs> did the same thing that's just he was writing both of those at the time exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) which which at the time was what got me into aquaman too his run on aquaman i was like okay cool this is actually a cool character iconic yeah um and then i've pretty much just been hooked ever since um... i've I've dipped in and out of dc but i've pretty much always been Marvel guy. Marvel, yeah. I think I oh, and I also like Image stuff too. Big fan. Oh, Image is great. Image was like the number one company for like a couple of years. Yeah, they had all the best books. Yeah, for a while it was really like them. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like I'm not reading anything but Image. Um, I I go back and forth. I I always say, you know, people always ask me, "Are you more of a Marvel or DC guy?" And I'm like, I am genuinely both. I think both companies have times when they're up, and they both have times when they're down, and you know, I think DC's been in a little bit of a down space the last few years. Yeah. Um, but I've also, but again, just like the Johns era, during that time, I had more DC on my pool list than I had Marvel. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's, it's just kind of it, it ebbs and flows. But I think comics are great. I love that your dad was into them. I truly hope if I ever have kids that they are into comic books. <laughs> you should hear. <laughs> you should hear the debates he and I have. Like. Right. There were times where I would talk about how uh, great Jean was, and he was like, "Well, you know, she had like the Phoenix Force at the time. That's why she was okay. like, X, Y, and Z." Let him know. And I'm Dad. like, we get into it there. He <laughs> he does appreciate, you know, my love for Polaris. You know, I've always okay. wondered. Look, I should ask him actually if when he got me into comics and he was like. Oh, who are your favorites? And I said, Sue Storm. <laughs> and then he was like, Well, who else do you like? And I was like, Jean Grey. <laughs> he knew. And he knew. Iceman and Polaris. I wonder he was like, he probably knew. <laughs> yeah, he knew. Um, I will and say, it was like, what sister. male characters do you like? And it's like, oh, who uh, reads comics for the men? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. And it's like the men I was picking were like Bishop or yeah, Wonder Man. man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he knew. Yeah, he definitely knew. Um, I will say, um, so I'm the oldest of five. And okay. my one and only sister, she's 13. She's kind of like going through a nerdy phase right now. I was talking to her one day. She likes anime. She's really into fight scenes, which yeah, like, yeah. as soon as she told too. me that, I was like, <laughs> Hey, little sister. Um, <laughs> and so uh, when she was a little bit younger, I had sent her some Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur trades. Oh, great. Yeah. And so she said she really enjoyed them. She hasn't read any other comics since then, but I feel like I can kind of get her in the door. I just yeah. got to find some things for her to read. Maybe I should send her some Miss Marvel. Oh, she would like that. If she liked that uh, 
actually no she would like that uh double dinosaur book she liked that but she was also younger at the time and now that i'm finding out she uh, likes fight scenes and things like that she seems like she's a little bit more my speed i was gonna say you probably so, way more <laughs> the things that she would like <laughs> so maybe i'll send her shang chi <laughs> oh yeah that she liked that yeah that was good uh, yeah uh, so yeah that that's pretty that. much how i got into comics um how often do you like go back and reread your comic books uh i would say fairly it depends there will just be random moments where i'll think of something mm -hmm. and then i'll like go back through and like read it all but because i was doing that so often <laughs> where i'll be like <laughs> oh man remember when sue like did this or damn that was so cool when wonder man did x y and z i was like you know what let me just do like a whole deep dive of these so like i picked a lot of my favorite characters mm -hmm. like sue and polaris and uh wonder man and uh another character who i'll be talking about uh next on our relaunch um i would i picked a bunch of them and like found a list of their reading orders and have gone back i'm going back through and like reading a bunch of them and i've been having <laughs> a great time so, really, so many I, I different love, things i've learned about characters i love that i didn't even like books. before <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that's the good thing. So I never used to really specify my reading on specific characters. I always just do like particular runs. So it's like yeah. I'm gonna read um Busick's Avengers or like uh the Inglehart run or something like that. And it was always kind of touch and go with me because again, I would get into these books that had a bunch of characters who I didn't necessarily care for, but I was like, but I heard such good things about this. But like I'm truly the type of person where your book can be the best written book, have the greatest art, the most fantastic colors. If I do not care about that character, I'm not going <laughs> I am going like, to get you to read Captain Marvel. I was going to say, you could literally announce today a Mike Carey written Carol book with art from oh. Marcio Takara and colors from Jordi Belair. Yep. And baby, it is not going on my pool list. <laughs> See, that is so messed up. We're gonna one day. I'm gonna have, we'll have a discussion on like why you don't like Carol. We'll save that for another episode. Oh, I have, and I will say I do have legitimate reasons. I hope so because I feel like a lot of people don't. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> we'll don't get there. A lot of people just don't like her because of Civil War Two, which I understand. I get it too. But, I wouldn't like her, but, either, I, but, but I didn't like there. Carol before that. I oh, just see, that's why we need to have we'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to do with this discussion. Uh was since we didn't have too much news, I wanted to give a little bit of us. <laughs> I love that. Hey guys, you just met me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's take let's take a break and then we'll come back for that relaunch. We are back for everyone's favorite portion. I keep saying it's everyone's favorite portion. It's my favorite portion. I don't know. The relaunch is here, y'all. <laughs> the relaunch. Everyone's favorite portion of the show. Yes. That's what we're here um, for. So who you got this week? So mine is a very simple one this week. I think it is. I was doing a little bit of free reading this past week, and I went to Justice League International. And the, oh, okay. I like that yeah, team. That is one of like my favorite Fire nice. <laughs> comic book teams like ever. That run is probably like a top 10 comic book run for me. Oh, so wow, okay. um, 
Yeah, a big part of the Dematis era were Big Barda and Mr. Miracle. And it was truly just kind of like them. They had retired from superheroics and were living out in the suburbs. And it was just like this very homey, funny type of book because you have Barda who is from Apocalypse, Jack Kirby creation, fourth world, you know, and she's like making hot dogs in the kitchen. And she's she's like, I hate this. (laughs) But at the same time, she like really loves Scott. And she also was kind of tired of the battle life as well. You know, that's all she had known. And then you have Scott, who's like still getting caught up in Mr. Miracle stuff while trying not to be Mr. Miracle. And I just, they're actually probably my second favorite DC Comics couple. I just think they are absolutely great. And that book in itself is one that's really great because they show so much respect for each other. There's an issue, um, I think it's actually, is it the annual? It's not the annual, the annual is the cookout. The Justice League International Annual Number Two is a cookout at the Miracle Household that has all of them come. Oh. Yeah, Guy comes over and he tries to help uh, Mr. Miracle on the grill and they end up blowing themselves up. And Barda's <laughs> just like, those idiots. <laughs> and she's just doing that. But there's another issue where someone's out to get Mr. Miracle and they like try and rob Barda. She is like at the grocery store and when she goes to get in the car, the guy's like sitting in the back seat with the gun. And so when she calls Scott right. later on, she's like, um, yeah, there was a robber in my car. He put a gun at me. He held a gun towards me. And Scott's immediate reaction is like, oh my God, Barda, is the guy okay? <laughs> because <laughs> because like he knows. He's just like, I know you absolutely demolished him. And I love that that respect for has always been there. Yeah. So for them on this relaunch, it would kind of be a play on that. They would once again be into super heroics, but we would be seeing a lot more of their marriage again. It, we kind of saw some of this in the Mr. Miracle book that just came out written by Tom King. But again, it was still mainly Mr. Miracle. I would like a lot more focus on Barda as she is one of my favorite DC heroines. And just that respect to be shown for her and showing more of them as a unit than just Scott going through whatever he's going through. And in this book, it would be the new world's finest. So we play Okay, come on, bring that Monica back. Yes, bring that title back. We'd bring back the world's finest and it's no longer Superman and Batman because they obviously need a break. It would be Barda and Scott in this role and they would just be out doing their super heroics and we would like see their marriage. And of course, I'm pretty sure we'd get some new gods antics in there and doing things like that. But it's a very simple one. New world's finest starring Barda and Miracle. I just think it's something fun that can be done. I just really like a lot of that new god stuff. Jack Kirby, genius for that it's never going to be better. And that's that. Oh, I like that. That's interesting. I've always had a very, like, like for Barda. She's dope. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's good. I like she's her. Good. I like her attitude. She's really cool. And, and I Mr. do Miracle's like good her. Too. Yeah. You know, I like their, I like their relationship. There is a lot of like respect there, you know, and, um, her being like a very much bigger than him and with him just kind of like loving it. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. Stuff. There's an issue where they're about to Same like have Scott. sex. I love the talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're about to have sex and like she like picks him up and throws him over her shoulder and she's like, yeah, I'm about to take you to this bedroom and wear you out. And it's just like, love it. <laughs> love and it. Because he's, he, he's just like, yes, please, man. Handle me. <laughs> yes, pick me up. <laughs> they're like They're just, I think they're just a really fun couple. They're really great. I, it kind of, upsets me because I don't really think DC handles them that well. 
outside of this before this Mr. Miracle book, I will say Tom King did the hell out of that. That was pretty yeah. fantastic. If you have not read it, go ahead and read it. Read it. It had amazing art by Mitch Garretts, and it was just fantastic. It's really good stuff. So I want to see. Yeah, that. I feel like they they get caught in that whole fourth world. We don't really know what to do with you thing mm-hmm. that DC kind of has, which I which sucks because I actually really enjoy those characters. Um, They're good and think Apocalypse, that they could be Dark like Side, all that stuff. Yeah, really good. all that could Brandy be goodness, life. right? And uh, hello, the fu- the Furies, <laughs> like <laughs> goodness and the Furies, like that mo- that animated movie. Hello, that what was that? That was a, a, a um, that was Batman, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, Apocalypse, man, a movie that's in my top like three favorite DC animated yeah, movies. Yeah, it deserves. It absolutely it's a great, it's a good one. That, yeah. that fight scene, Barda and Wonder Woman versus the Fury has yet to be topped. <laughs> yes. They've Truly. never done it better. Like yeah. the the teamwork, us, <laughs> us, <laughs> very us. That Wonder Woman Barda scene is very us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, mm, awesome. I'm sure we launch. So this week, I am going to uh, jump back on the Marvel side and okay. S- give you a relaunch of Vance Astrovic, AKA Justice. So uh, so I will admit, I'm not super familiar with Justice. Outside of like some of the things that you and I have talked about, mm-hmm. I know he's a new warrior and he has, he's a mutant with telekinesis. Yes, so I mean, that's kind of the, the general premise there. He is a kid from New York um, who develops mutant powers, telekinetic powers, however, Initially, and I hope that if he, if whoever listens to this and they do <laughs> relaunch the character, they show more of his abilities because he was telekinetic, but psychokinetic, which in my opinion is like okay. one of my favorite forms of like telekinetic superpowers. So he okay. could generate uh, like physical telekinetic energy and that's how he would use his telekinesis so he okay. wasn't moving the object he was moving the energy around the object which i found just interesting because it was different mm. um but they basically just kind of give him just telekinesis although whenever they draw it they do kind of draw energy around the things that he's moving or whatever um to kind of really give you that that feel of him being psychokinetic but uh so he it's just a regular kid from New York. He develops mutant powers, but his dad is kind of a bigot and doesn't like mutants. Um, Are they all right? Uh, so you get the, <laughs> you get that kind of story with him. Uh, his he ends up becoming like a a superhero. Like he he wants to be a superhero. He wants to be like Captain okay. America, um, and he wants to join the Avengers. Like his story is like he just he aspires to be more. Okay, and to do and to do right with his powers. So, but his dad is not all about it. So, um, the way he actually ends up getting or learning that he's a mutant is his, of course, through comic book craziness. His future self, like, oh lord, comes. <laughs> his future self, <laughs> like, comes to the past and tells him, you know, um, don't go off and become a astronaut. Because when you do that, you end up becoming like me. And he ends up, he's like this uh, 
future version of himself with like these this weird looking costume and this like these these powers or whatever he uh he goes by Vance Astro is his future self um but his younger self is like okay cool I won't do that but then like that seeing his future self awakens his mutant powers because he's like oh that's what I'll be able to do cool cool so then he like learns that he's also a mutant um so he decides to go by Marvel Boy that's his new like kind of name so he starts to do kind of solo stuff there his dad hates it and like beats him oh yeah so he it's his his backstory is kind of dark even though he is such a like I want to do good kind of character um he joins the new mutants I'm sorry not the new mutants the new warriors although he they end up working with the new mutants at the time fairly closely um he joins the new warriors which of course you know had night thrasher and firestar who mm-hmm. i know you i know you know and i do love night thrasher he oh nice i that was rereading this uh new warriors stuff was my first time with learning more about him he's really cool um i've read a couple of new warriors books here and there um and but they've always been like very night thrasher specific stories and yeah. then there was a contest of champions book that came out a few years ago that he was brought back in and that was like really really good stuff nice. i have to look up the writer and stuff. Him. Uh, but yeah he was on the new warriors team with uh night thrasher and namorita and uh, nova and uh, firestar and he was the common sense character of the team again <laughs> you know you um, love you love common you sense. know i love a common sense so <laughs> nova nova would always you know kind of be the one to want to be the leader of the team and they were at the time in the 90s this whole new warriors run which i would recommend as mm-hmm. the kind of dive into this character was although i think it was very good it sometimes can get very 90s <laughs> you know it was kind of still a product of its time um but Nova was the one who tried to be the leader and uh, Namorita was also really strong and she could also lead at the same time. Uh, Justice, I'm sorry, Marvel Boy at the time was the one who kind of was like, y'all, let's just do the right thing (laughs) and focus (laughs) on what we need to focus on. Um, His powers ended up growing as he became like more into his telekinesis and became more refined with his psychokinesis. And like he would mention how it's easier for him to fight on the ground because it's harder for him to keep himself afloat while also trying to fight so i thought that was really Mm -hmm. cool to see him like developing his his abilities and and how he can use his psychokinesis you love Um, power with limitation limitation (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) and then he like kind of like things go south for him when he comes back from a mission with the new warriors and his mm-hmm. dad is like angry at him again for using his powers and his dad starts to beat him again and this time he says i don't want to take this anymore and he pushes out and he accidentally telekinetically like pushes his dad and oh that that ends up like putting his dad um in a murder trial and then uh but i'm sorry because his dad ends up dying so um they oh, he kills his dad he ends up yeah he ends up killing his dad uh wow yeah so i mean the dad the dad also used to like beat the mom so it was it's a whole like i mean i i'm not saying i feel bad for the dad well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to clarify that like oh he killed his dad like oh he that's dark. yeah that is dark yeah he ends up um 
he ends up killing him. So then he uh, he goes on trial and actually is convicted and goes to the vault. Actually, um, oh wow, yeah, they take him. They take he ends up leaving the team and he has to go to the vault and um, he serves his time. He gets out early because of uh, like good behavior or whatever. But and they realize that his situation was what kind of caused the the backlash there. Um, you later learn that the dad was like secretly dealing with some stuff. Uh, you know, that's why he was lashing out. But uh, my relaunch for him, he kind of have been like really implanted with the new warriors. So when they kind of left, he kind of left. He had a bigger moment in Civil War because he was like, again, he's like the at the time, he was like the premier like teen character, the quote unquote teen hero. Um, I didn't like know he's kind of who you. He's kind of who you would fit put in that role if you just wanted the teenage kid who wants to be a hero is, uh, okay. is justice. Okay. So uh, during the whole initiative thing, they kind of wanted him to be the figurehead for kids wanting to register and stuff too, because, you know, the New Warriors were the reason Civil War kind of started. I think I do remember a little bit of that from Civil War. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. yeah. And my relaunch for him would actually be, I would bring him back up to his costume. And I feel like there's a void for that like young, that young adult era of like superhero right now okay. for Marvel. They have the champions, which I feel like are more Teen Titans-esque, you know, yeah, where they're kind of younger. Yeah, they're like Gen Z, Young Justice. Yeah, I feel like there needs to be more of a like, uh titans team you know what i mean yeah and i would i would have him kind of be the one to start that and get more of the the people who aren't quite avengers age but mm -hmm. they aren't kids either um but they okay. still and I don't, i'm not sure what i would call it but i would have him be the the start for that do you have anyone else who you particularly would care to be on that team with him uh yeah there are some characters who i think that could kind of work that you could obviously throw Firestar on there. I, I was about to say because he dated Firestar, didn't he? Yeah, they actually got engaged, but um, oh, I think I would. Firestar. Yeah, I, I would definitely put her on the team, but I wouldn't put them together uh, because I I think that they would they've moved past that now. You know yeah. that relationship. Poor Firestar. I know. She, she, <laughs> she always ends up just getting the short end of the stick. It's sad because you think she'd get a little bit more respect, you know. I mean, you know, right. she she was almost the new mutant. She's yeah, alien. She, she <laughs> she's ex adjacent. I'll never forget when she joined the X Men and they made like such a big deal about it. like, oh, Firestar's finally coming home, and it was just like, okay, <laughs> right. She could. I would definitely put her on there too to give her some some boost. Um, but yeah. I'll I'll come oh. back and give you more about who should be on that team, but he should definitely be okay. Leader. Justice, I would read it. I would read. You know, I love a, I love, and he's like he is more street level esque hero. too. I wouldn't no, say that, he's. He was giving me that feel like, like when he was like, "I'm not flying." I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. Feet on the ground, like, huh? <laughs> feet on the ground. <laughs> he, I think he would like that part. You know, he isn't as superhero cosmicy as you would oh, as. Right. As I normally like, like but, I enjoy know. that. Okay, I am into that. Okay, so that is the relaunch that I had, and I wanted to get into the next 
thing that I think we are going to start doing on the show, and that is our rewatch yes, yes, yes. and reread sections. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a couple of episodes now, and we've really enjoyed interacting with you guys a lot, and we want to keep doing that. So we want to bring on these new two segments, another rewatch, like you said, and another reread. Yeah, so to kind of kick things off, we are going to uh, first do a rewatch and um, the next week on the next episode, we'll, we, we, excuse me, we'll be talking about it and everything. And this first time we want to do Into the Spider-Verse. So that uh, everyone loves. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> truly like an early classic. <laughs> you know? Really, like it is. It's a great movie. Um, so we're going to do a rewatch of that and you can join along with us. We will send you guys more information on how we're going to do like a kind of a watch party. So everyone can kind of watch along and we can chat with everybody and then we'll talk about it in depth, like on the next episode. So yeah, going forward, we're going to start adding in these rewatches and rereads um, to kind of get more engagement with everybody. Yeah. And our rereads were just going to be us rereading comic books obviously yeah. like older runs marvel dc anything you know we're definitely gonna get some judas contract in there at one point in time <laughs> of course get ready <laughs> I knew for you that. Say that. <laughs> this is like you know it's coming <laughs> uh, you know it was coming so it's like we've got a couple of things ready and yeah just join us on the ride yeah Ooh, are we gonna have captain marvel rereads too see that'll be great Ooh, yep love it <laughs> So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, this is gonna be a lot of fun! (laughs) Wow, oh wow, oh, did I tell you I bought Star? Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, I I got it. I I haven't read it yet, but it is currently sitting in my queue on Comixology. And look at that! See, see, Uh, I'm, I'm getting you, I'm getting you closer and closer. I I watched it in the book. She is, but she's the villain of it. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's what. That's that's why I bought it. Yes, I hear (laughs) you. Yeah. I mean, okay. uh, The Pretender is in it, too. Uh, so oh, you'll see can, I, can I return? She's also the villain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, I mean, if Star has reality warping powers, who else to go against her then? Oh, that's true. So that's true. That's true. You'll probably like that, too. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. Yay. Yeah. I'm excited for this reread and rewatch thing that we're going to do. So, yeah, guys, mm. uh, tune in next week where we are going to go over into the Spider-Verse during our rewatch. And watch our Twitter account, another relaunch. So you can get the time and links. Yeah, so that was our episode this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, you can find us, the show, and on Twitter at another relaunch. You can also email us with any of your questions, concerns, feedback, been loving stuff. We've been getting back from everyone, so thanks. Um, at another relaunch at gmail.com. You can um, also find me on Twitter and Instagram at UncannyLZ. Uh, Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Keenan Lance with an underscore at the end. I think I'm about to delete my Instagram, so don't even worry about that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Instagram. (laughs) That's fair. All right, guys, this has been great. Uh, We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.